0: Well, from um, Naomi, uh, I all this uh, member or partner here. Um, just giving a break every several weeks, they try and give them a little bit of a break. So I'll be uh, teaching the Abiding Light series, the story of Ruth and Naomi. So I don't know. I've been on the case the last couple of weeks. kind of bouncing around from face to face to their house in Airbnb. Then my printer, barely works, and uh, a few other things. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Uh, I can't really read some of my notes, but we'll do it a Scott if you'll call Alright, um, so the abiding life. How's the abiding going in this, uh, this season of That Which We Do Not Speak Of? Have you, uh, have you found your walk with God, like, enriched? Are you being able to spend more time? Or is it kind of the opposite? Is it kind of frightening? Are you having a harder time? It's all rhetorical, but if anyone wants to throw something out there, go for it. Is this time been bringing you seasons of, I don't know, abiding with God, like in the Word, or anything, or... So I don't want to harp on that, which we're going to talk of too much, but I think it's, it is a good season to kind of talk about abiding, abiding in the Christ, abiding in the vine, and looking at examples of that, people sheltering God throughout the, the course, the narrative, the big picture of the Bible. So um, I told Jamie, you know, I think I'll just read Ruth, it's four chapters, I think it'll take about 20 minutes, and we could call it good. And she said, that. I don't know if she detailed that, so... <laughs> I'll read a lot of it, some of it. <laughs> um, and then throw a couple comments in it. But I do want to read as much of the actual story as I can. So um, so bear with me as I try and read through these notes and as I back up I took pictures so I can maybe read a little better. Let's see. I encourage you to actually try and follow on about because I'm going to be skipping parts um, that I felt were maybe didn't relate really so much to the story. But like roof chapter beginning in chapter one, and I'm just gonna uh, Now it came about in the days when the judges governed that there was a famine in the land of Judah. And a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the land of Moab with his wife and his two sons. The names of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi. The names of his two sons were Malon and Shileon, Ephrathites of Bethlehem and Judah. Then Elimelech the and Naomi's husband died, and she was left with her two sons, and they took for themselves the Moabite women as wives. And they lived there about ten years. Then both Melon and Chilon also died, and the woman was bereft of her two children and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters in law, that she may return from the land of Moab, for she had heard that the land of Moab, for in the land of Moab, that the Lord had visited his people and giving them food. Mary said to her, her two daughters in law, <coughs> Go, over. return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you may find threats, each in the house of her husband. Then he said, "Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that I they, that they may be your husband? Return, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. For it is harder for me than for you. For the hand of the Lord has gone forth." Me. They lifted up their voices and wept, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and departed. But Ruth said, "Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried." So they both went until they came to Bethlehem. When they had come to Bethlehem, all the city was stirred because of them. And the women said, "Is this Naomi?" She said to them, Naomi means pleasant. I should maybe make that comment. Naomi meant pleasant. So Naomi said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has witnessed against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of our harvest. Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. After one in whose side I may find favor, and Naomi gave her her blessing. Uh, now Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, May the Lord be with you. And they said to him, May the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? The servant in charge said, She is a young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean after gather after the reapers among the sheeps. And Boaz said to Ruth, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go and in any other field. Do not go from this one, but stay with my mates, uh, thinking for her safety. And Ruth, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? Rois replied, All that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband hath been fully reported to me, and how you left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and came to a people that you did not previously know. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. And she said, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your main servant, though I am not like one of your main servants. And she uh, had great success with leaning in his fields, because he instructed his servants to kind of drop some extra heads of wheat and all that. And then Naomi started putting things together and Came up with a plan and he told Ruth to go and basically propose um, to Boaz as uh, the kinsman redeemer mean that being the next kin he could purchase the field and then also marry Ruth and raise up descendants for, um, for the deceased, Ruth's deceased husband. And uh, so Ruth did so. And when she proposed, it's kind of obscure. She went and like, laid down this feet and stuff. It's, uh, and I, I don't see any reference of what, what Naomi proposed to her. It like, instructed in the Old Testament. So I think Naomi just was very savvy and kind of understood people and thought, this is this is a good way to kind of propose. And she was very creative. And, um, and Ruth, I mean, it probably seemed bizarre to her, but she was completely obedient and it worked out. So as she's laying down on his feet, Boaz wakes up, startled. Then he's, um, he said, Who are you? And she answered, I'm Ruth, your maid. So spread your covering over your maid, for you are a close relative. Then he said, May you be blessed with the Lord, my daughter. You have shown your last kindness to be better than the first, by not going after young men, but a poor or rich. Now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you uh, ask. For all my people in this city know that you are a woman of excellence. Now, it is true, I am a close relative, however, there's a relative closer than I. If he will redeem you good, let him redeem you, but if it's not wish to redeem you, then I will redeem you, as the Lord likes. So then Boaz went to the city gate, met with a relative, and proposed uh, that he redeem Naomi's field, and and the relative was initially um, keen on the idea of redeeming the the land, but then he found out, yet. Redeem Ruth with that and raise up descendants, and then he kind of backed out. He didn't want to. He didn't want to go that far. So then Boaz uh, said to the elders of the people, "You are witnesses today that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belongs to Elimelech, and all that belongs to Trillian and Milan. Moreover, I required Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of Mahlon, to be my wife, in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his name." And then the people gave him a blessing. All the people who were in the court and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home, like Rachel and Leah, both of whom built the house of Israel, and may you achieve wealth in Ephrathah and become famous in Bethlehem. Moreover, may your house be like the house of Heraz, who came abroad to Judah, who offspring this Lord, will give you by this young woman. And then Naomi was, uh, Ruth was the Lord enabled, Ruth to conceive and she gave birth to a son. Um then, uh, the women, the neighbor said to Naomi, Blessed is the Lord, who has not left you without a redeemer today. And may his name become famous in Israel. May he also be to you a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age. That your daughter, Mark, who loves you, is better to you than seven sons, has given birth to the neighboring gave him, named him the same, sons reports of the name, so named him Obed, which means serpent, which is an interesting choice of name for this um, you know, it's pretty miraculous almost event. This older widow returns and then is, is given a heir and we uh, call serpent. So that kind of, and I, I call it, I really appreciate what Pastor David does when he has to stand for the reading, because that kind of demarks what's well, actually the word of the Lord versus my commentary, but it was quite extensive, so I didn't make y'all stand through that. But that is that is the word of the God, word of the Lord, and so now it's some commentary on that. Um, and I was going to read, we'll see how quick I can do my commentary. I've got a story for the kids, too, so we'll see if I can make. them. You're short time for the kids. So, um, the historical culture is coming. This is the time of the judges. So we remember the time of the judges, was not to go to the golden days of Israel. <laughs> it was um, basically it summed up in Judges chapter twenty verse twenty-five. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes, and that sounds like anarchy. And I say the only thing worse in bad government is anarchy, and it was not not a great time. So you know. No one knows who the author is, some respectfully Samuel. Uh, quite a few scholars think, though, it was written later, maybe during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, as the Jewish people returning and rebuilding the city. Under Ezra and Nehemiah's time, there was a lot, they were breaking up a lot of marriages between the Jewish men and, and Gentile women. And some people think this might have been written to kind of, um, kind of curb a little bit of the tribalism mentality that could be creeping in and really show an exemplary example what a good healthy marriage between a jew and a jew by choice um, was so the central theme of the book is redemption the hebrew word redemption is used 23 times in the group according to the uh, haley's handbook on the bible um, a family hit the land of israel so the of his family to moab so i mean we can Learn from this that, I mean, Judah is still God's land and it's still his people. But there's a famine going on, and they move to Moab, which is still the land of the idolatrous Moabite people. So we need to always continually remind ourselves to curb our natural inclination to see when someone or a business or a land is prospering, to just assume they got blessing and favor there. God sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus said that in Matthew. So we need to curb that natural inclination I mean, when someone's crossing. Oh, that's that's the God's blessing. We need to go there. Um, that said, Elimelech didn't necessarily sin by moving his family where he could provide for them. Um, you know, Joseph took Jesus and Mary and fled to Egypt. Like, we can seek refuge in places that are not necessarily. And it gets hard when we're going through times of difficulty to, to discern, is this God's um, chastisement? In Hebrews chapter 12, we learn that God punishes those he loves and disciplines those he accepts as a son. And we also know in the Bible that, that there is some hardship that is a result of sin, and I think we need good counselors in our life. We need that abiding relationship with God to understand when hardship happens, is this because I've been ignoring God? Or is this just some adversity that God's allowing for, you know, our refining? Naomi correctly pointed out to Ruth and or both that she she had no hope to offer them. And Ruth, however, didn't put her hope in Naomi. She she accepted knowing Naomi's uh, God her people. And it might be a stretch, but I think Ruth ultimately put her hope in God, not in Naomi. And that was that's the great right, right place to place our hope. Um, In Hebrews chapter six, it talks about our hope in Jesus is the anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And Jesus is the the proper hope. So a trivia question for the kids, if you know anything about anchors, if a boat's properly anchored, I'm talking about a small boat in a harbor, you want that boat to move? that boat move a little bit? Or just stay still? The anchor we don't want to move, but actually the boat, the boat should be free to kind of move, because as the winds blow, you want that boat to kind of move, so it's always facing in that storm. So the anchor is solid, and yet, as an anchor to it, things, things kind of move, kind of take a shifting position. And so Jesus, a rock, should, should be firm and secure, and yet, um, how we cling to that, I mean, there are cultural times, some things that shift, with culture and whatnot. And then, I guess, finally, I just speak to Oas's redemption of um, grief. <coughs> kind of on the Theme of that, the anger, how culturally things will shift a little bit, although our, our faith is unshifting. Uh, Boaz is a descendant of Rahab, but not that distant that descendant of Rahab. And then Boaz and Ruth, Ruth the mole, I guess, is a not very distant grandparent of King David. And if we go and read in Deuteronomy, the specific instructions about both, um, the no one. Illegitimate birth um, talks about specifically the Ammonites. No person of Ammonite descent can be an assembly of God for 10 generations. And I I bring this up because clearly David was God's chosen son. Um, And so, you know, how do you square these two things where you go to Deuteronomy? I would say we have to be careful what we make dogma. Kind of going back to the anger, careful what we make dogma. Because if you read a strict interpretation of Deuteronomy 23, and, uh, you know, the son of the prostitute, or the son of the prostitute, the son of a Moabite, is, you know, for ten generations, excluded from the assembly of the Lord. And again, going back to the anchor. Christ is our anchor. We have the Apostles' the Creed, which is a great place to start. Like, this is what we cling to. And then... I don't think we need to make dogma a lot of some of the other things. But clearly, God chose Ruth, He chose Rahab, and He chose David, and they're part of the Christ's lineage to redeem us. And uh, as one commentary says, it's fitting that from this bloodline would come the Messiah for all nations. Rahab and Ruth became part of God's promises and His plan, not by birth, but by their faith and a practical commitment. To God and his people, the same way in which people from all nations still can share in God's eternal purposes. It was in a field near Bethlehem that Ruth cleaned. Hundreds of years later, also in a field near Bethlehem, angels announced the birth of Ruth's descendant, Jesus, to start with shepherds. And let's see. kids want to read the story of Ruth in, in a kid version. Alright guys, we'll we'll do this. And the math oh, so tribalism is guarding our hearts as as uh, Part a big part of the reason like you'll see some of us up here with masks and some not wearing masks is I, I don't want us to become too tribalistic in this church about secondary issues. Such as a math the gospel of the gospel and absolute Let's be tribal about that. But when it comes to a mask or no mask, this just want us to not be too tribal. So let's see Okay, sometimes with masks, mask and maybe sometimes without. Um, just want us to, to not be too tribal. Okay, the story of Ruth. And if you guys want to come up, you can. You don't have to, though. All right, this is four and a half something minutes long, I would think. But this is... Um, The story of Ruth, according to Phil Smoose, so not an authorized uh, interpretation, but pretty pretty simple. Okay, the story of Ruth. It can't be true, I can't go on. Everything we had is gone. Naomi wept, poor Ruthie cried, Naomi's precious, the sons of dad. And oh, one precious, priceless son, Naomi's son, that very one, was Ruthie's husband, Lord above, her one and only, one true God. Now, sometimes when it rains, it pours, and this time it would pour for sure. Evil people rule the land as evil people sometimes can, and sometimes will, and sometimes do when you and I about them too. From here to there, from there to here, the food began to disappear. It filled the people full of fear. Yes, full of fear from here to here. Orp Ruth or roof, Naomi cried. The time has come. We must decide. We have to leave. We cannot stay. We cannot stay, not now, in no way. From north to south, from west to east, the men are gone, extinct, deceased, without a man, Naomi said. We're all about as good as it. Now, ladies, things are different then. So don't get too upset. Amen. Just look at me. I'm old and wrinkled, sag and bagged and cripped and crinkled, crumpled, puckered, nipped and crannied, grip van, nickel, great and grannied. Oh, there's just no hope in sight to find another. Mr. Right, or even just a Daffy Duck, a more thud or Mr. Yuck. The time has come, the time is now. The time has come right now and now. You must return, you must say. Return back home right now, today. When Naomi prayed they'd see the light, and knew that she was right. She packed her bags without a fight and left for home that very night. But, oh, not Ruth, not her no way, she had a thing or two to say. I can return, I want to say, I will not go right now today. For where you are is where I'll be, and where you stay, you'll stay with me, and where you, when you die, I'll die with you, and that is what I'm going to do. Your God will be my God, and he will truly care for you and me. Oh, what kind of thing for Ruth to say? That kind of thing can make your day, and make you shout, hooray! They hugged and kissed, then pack up tight, and left for Bethlehem that night. Naomi, is it really true? What happened, girl? Just look at you. Your hair, your clothes, your shoes, your toes. Your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your nose. You're looking pale. You're looking thin. In fact, if we may say again, you're really looking more akin to something that the cat dragged in. Well, things look bad the way things can, but listen now. God has a plan. Oh, Naomi, please don't cry. Well, oh, please don't cry. I'll tell you why. I'll find a farm. I'll be real nice. I'll ask some months or maybe twice. To take our chugs and jars and sacks and fill them full of treats and snacks. Yes, crumbs and morsels, flakes and flecks, leftover kernels, crumbs and specks, a black banana, bagels, locks, some cheese stuck to a pizza box. I'll beg and plead, I'll sob and bleak. I'll ask them for a tasty treat. A dizzy, dizzy, teeny weeny tiny scrap for us to eat. So off she went, she did her thing, she did it never, noticing that someone had been fastening his bulging eyes on everything. Who is that girl in my field, and what's he doing poet? Squealed. Look at that hair, man. Look at those eyes. Excuse me, just one minute, guys. I've got to go and socialize. He shaved his nose. He slicked his lips. He checked his teeth for cracks and chips. He combed the bugs out of his hair. Yes, Don one double debonair with several webs, ordinaire. Now, don't be too quick to judge, eh, man? Well, don't think what you're thinking, then, for Poet's, was a gentleman. Please, stay with us. Take what you need. Take what you need, and more indeed. He loaded up all goofy sets and drugs and jars of treats and snacks. Yes, it was true love at first sight, a double-thumping heart delay. She headed home, oh, what she found. Her world was turning upside down. She ran the whole way back to town, about ten feet above the ground. I'm telling you, tonight's the night, and I only grinned. And if I'm right, there's only one thing left to do to get that man to say I do. So they did, oh, did they do. They fluffed and puffed, they crimped and curled. They covered sweet perfumed and pruned. The Lord, they sing his praise and marvel at his wondrous ways. And off she went into the night to have and hold her Mr. Right, her Mr. Shining Armored Knight, her straight from heaven sent to light. Now, as I'm sure that you supposed, but what I said, yes, when Ruth proposed, yes, Ruth proposed, that's what I said, just look at that, go right ahead. They tied the knot and lived to be quite happy ever after Lee, and soon God blessed them with a son, a precious little baby one. But wait. This story is far from done because their son, he was the one who had a son who had a kid. Known as King David. Yes, he did. And David was a great, 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 times three times one plus eight, great granddad of a man whose wife you've likely heard of all your life. A man whose son, to be precise, was Jesus. No, yes, Jesus Christ. Take a second, think it through. Oh, what God will go and do. For God is love and love is kind. The kindest that you'll ever find. The kind of you'll ever see, that's something else. Don't you agree? And that is one version of the story of Ruth.